Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is Finding God's Kingdom. This is a Best of Roland program, originally aired December 29, 2019. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Christ told us to not be anxious over what we will eat or what we will wear. Because he said, Consider the lilies of the field and the birds. God takes care of them. And how much more will he take care of you? So now let's talk about that. Do you understand that there's a kingdom of heaven? Christ said it's all around you and it's within you. It's like a parallel dimension. And you have been translated out of the kingdom of heaven into another realm, the realm of this world. It's nice that we have this beautiful earth that God gave us, but there's also a way of existing where you can enjoy this beautiful earth and at the same time taste of heaven. And what has happened is that you have fallen so far away from a, a nearness to this kingdom of heaven that all you know is an animal kind of an existence of react, of reacting and of worrying and of doubting and of planning and scheming and of stumbling and then thinking back over the mistakes you made and trying to figure out some way not to make any more mistakes. And it just seems like it's a never-ending process of one mistake after another. Because you have not found the perfect life. The perfect life. But to find that perfect life, you must find this kingdom of heaven. You must find a way to be near to it so that you get your guidance from it and so that God provides for you from it. Because if you are not in his kingdom, then you're in outer darkness. You understand? So, finding God's kingdom. Where do you find God's kingdom? Well, you have to find it within. And I'll give you a hint. When you were a little child, a little child, you were very close to it because God gave you the gift of intuition and your soul lived close to intuition. And all you had to do was go through life and just observe things. There were many things to see why there were clouds and trees and flowers and puppy dogs and your mommy and daddy and your brother and sister and all kinds of wonderful delights and things to eat and places to go and birds and cats and there were many things to observe in God's wonderful, wonderful earth and butterflies. But you also were able to see things in a kind of a spiritual way. Because, for example, when you were a little child, 
if someone was being unfair, you could see that they were being unfair. If they were treating one child better than another, you could see it. You didn't have to go to school to see it. You just saw it. You saw it very clearly. It was outlined in your little consciousness by the light in, to which you were very near. But you fell away from it when you were emotionalized. And you've never been able to find your way back. And that's why I'm here, to help you to find your way back. I'm a man with a microphone, so I, people ask, no, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. I'm just a person, and I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. We're talking about the kingdom of heaven. Christ said it's within you and it's all around you but you don't see it because you're far away from it. You have to find your way back. Now, how did you fall away from the king, from being close to it? Well, the way you fell away was be by becoming upset and it wasn't your fault. You were only a little child. And when people said mean things and scary things, and when they teased you and when they rejected you and when they blamed you and when they accused you and so forth, you reacted emotionally. You reacted emotionally. In other words, their words, and that's mainly what they used, of course. They also may have acted in a mean way or made a mean face or something, but it was mainly words. Their words had an effect. When you became emotional, their words affected your body. Do you understand? Do you see how your emotions, your emotional reaction was a reflection of what they said or what they implied? Do you see that? In other words, if they said something to you in another language, a language you didn't understand, then you would hear it and it wouldn't affect you at all. But when they said something to you in a way that you understood, it affected you. Now, why would you get upset and hurt? And why would you cry? And why would you feel bad? And so on and so forth. Because of what they said. Because of what they implied. And so their words and their implications caused you to start reacting. And from that moment on, you reacted more and more and more. And when you reacted, you were kind of like turned inside out. You became a reflection of the outside. And what was on the outside got on the inside. And I'm just going to keep it real simple. The meanness that was on the outside. Not only did their words get inside and form a memory. And not only did their words get inside and form cause you to have an emotion. And then afterwards, when you heard similar words, then it caused the same reaction. It's a process of conditioning. Not only that, but the meanness that was on the outside got inside. The pressure that was on the outside got inside. The falseness that was on the outside got inside. Do you see? It got inside, and then it pressured you from inside. It was mean inside. 
and it was cruel inside, and it teased you from the inside, and it taunted you, and it made you doubt. See, they wanted you to doubt yourself, didn't they? They wanted you to lose confidence in yourself and in what you, what you could do. They wanted to break you down. They wanted you to break down so that they could be your rulers and your leaders and so that you would follow them and listen to them and obey them and look to them for knowledge and whatever else you thought you would have to have. Do you see? And so they created this type of an atmosphere that you ended up doubting yourself and breaking down and coming across. And when you did, you began to look to them to give you the approval that you needed. See, you felt loveless. When you were separated from your own inner good, then you felt loveless. And then you craved love and you looked to the outside. And who did you seek love from? The very ones who had broken you. The very ones who broke you are the ones that you look to for love. Do you see that? And for knowledge and for education and for approval and for perks and promotions. See? And so who were they? Well, you know what happened to them? The same thing that happened to you. Once upon a time, they, when I say they, I mean your parents, your poor unloved mom, your angry dad, your teachers, your coaches, the other kids, the bullies, all of them. Once upon a time, they were innocent, sweet little children, very close to their inner ground of good, very close to intuition, very close to the source from which they could have grown to be a Mozart or a Madame Curie. But they fell away from it when other people teased them and were cruel to them. Do you see that? So one generation does it to the next and the next. And that's all they know. They fell away from what true success is. True success is living in God's light and receiving his approval and receiving the benefits, the gifts, and the wisdom, and the love, and the joy, and things to do, useful things and helpful things to do, and powers to receive them from your heavenly Father, and delight in getting to know him and to get, getting to know his beautiful world, the world of nature and the world of science. All of that would have been beautiful. You fell away from it, so you became empty because you were away from it, apart from it. So you had to look to the outside to fill the emptiness. So you looked to knowledge. You looked to, and they wanted and to be, to do so you had to be ambitious. They demanded that you be ambitious. They demanded that you look to the outside, that you want things on the outside. Do you see that? So now you must find your way back to what you once had when you were a little tiny child. You were very close to it. Do you remember when you were a little child, you knew things in your heart? You heard about Jesus. And you heard about God and you kind of liked it. You heard stories about noble princes and beautiful, gracious princesses. And you kind of liked it. And you read stories about noble, brave people who overcame obstacles and you kind of liked it. And you heard stories about people who stood up for justice, who stood up for what was right. And you kind of liked it. 
Well, you were very close to the dimension from which those things come, from which courage comes and graciousness and wisdom and honor and inner beauty. Those are from God, gifts to his creature created in his image and likeness. All you must do is refind this space that you once were near to when you were a little child, and then you can begin to grow again as you were meant to, to a life of joy and purpose. And you'll no longer be subject to the world. You'll be in the world, but not of the world. You understand now? Subject to God and His wonderful, wonderful kingdom. Did you know that my most popular book is The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage, a spiritual and practical look at relationships. My favorite chapter is How to Forgive and Forget. The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage. Check it out at Amazon.com or SheddingShackles.com. You're listening to Shedding Shackles. Are you enthused about tomorrow? We're here to make you enthused and excited about what tomorrow brings. Visit SheddingShackles.com Are you experiencing stress, anxiety, or unhappiness? Do you feel weighed down by the past? Stay tuned for a special message from Roland Trujillo, host of the Shedding Shackles radio program. For over 25 years, Roland Trujillo has been helping people shed the shackles of unhappy memories, consisting of upset, hurt feelings, and negative emotions that bind them to the past. Over the years, many people have listened to and benefited from Roland's positive message. Perhaps you, too, can discover the secret to becoming free from the past and moving forward to live a new life of joy and purpose. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo. Hi, this is Jeremiah Trujillo, the producer of Shedding Shackles. I'd like to make you aware of a couple of recent changes which we've made to the website, SheddingShackles.com. On the homepage, you'll find easily navigated icons leading you to various resources that are available. On the ebook offer page, you'll find new previews of several of Roland's ebooks now easily viewable on your iPhone or mobile device. I'm also a pianist and played some of the music that you hear on Shedding Shackles. Thanks for listening. We're talking today about refinding your source. A source of life, actually. You see, life in God. In that life, you receive light and love and warmth and sustenance from the Creator. 
And so you are no longer needy for love. Now look, how many of you are needy for love? You're needy. Now how did it happen when you were a little child? You were separated from your inner good through becoming upset and also through being tempted to, to hate people. Now, now listen very carefully. There's something about separating. There's something about saying this is mine and that is yours and he is good and she is bad and I'm, I'm this and you're that. There's something about separating, making these distinctions and separating one from the other, my group versus your group, and this versus that, and these people versus those people. And there's something about that that is not good. And there's something about it that creates kind of an artificial an artificial bond that is unhealthy. You ought to be bonded to your Creator. You know, if you have a group, if you get some people together and you give them a task, and at a certain point a group is formed, all of a sudden the group, there's a sort of a group, what's the word to use? Um, ambiance or a group think. They used to call it group think. A group something or other that bonds them together somehow psychically. And then you have another group. And then if you can turn one group against the other group or just say, well, they're different, so we don't want to have anything to do with them, then some kind of an unhealthy exclusivity has has taken place. It's also like putting one person down and scapegoating one person and, and, and offering special privilege to another. See, when you were a kid, you could see something wrong with that. Well, these artificial distinctions have a limiting, have a lim they limit, see. In other words, if someone comes up to you and they says, well, you can either do this or you can do that. Well, you might say, well, wait a minute, how about that, and that, and that, and that, and I could do 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 that. No, you have to do this, or you have to do that. See, but if you're not careful, if you're not paying attention, then that you might say, oh, okay, I'll just, then if I can only do that and that, then I'll do that. See, you fall into that trap. So you have to always be able to stand back and get the big picture and see what they're up to. See how they give you a limited choice, this or that. Now, wait a minute. There's also that and that and that and that and that. So, can you see that these artificial distinctions that we somehow become attached to or bonded to, and it's hard for me to describe this, it's a very subtle thing, but then it creates um, a very limited kind of a world. It, and boundaries are set up, and walls, and blinders are put on you, and your existence is very circumscribed, because that's what they gave you. They gave you a very circumscribed existence. Do you understand? 
But that circumscribed existence, which was not good in the first place, it has an effect on your mind. It causes you to somehow internalize and become bonded to that circumscribed existence. Just as I said, if you have some people come together into a group and the group dynamics forms, and before long there's some kind of a bonding that takes place, and then the group operates with one mind. You see that? Or even a crowd. You see with a crowd, a great big crowd, and there's a rabble-rouser in egging them on, and before long, all these people are ranting and raving of one mind. It's very scary. But I want you to see how distinctions, artificial distinctions, can, can set up a, a, a world in which your options are very limited. But God doesn't do that. God has something in mind for you. And what it is is very beautiful. And it's way beyond what you could possibly imagine. And the only way you can discover it is if you're willing to live a life of faith and take one step and then another and then another and another and see where you are being led. And once in a while you look back and say, wow, how did I get here? It's discovery, and it's limitless, endless, forever, forever horizons in God's beautiful kingdom. Did you know that my most popular book is The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage, a spiritual and practical look at relationships. My favorite chapter is How to Forgive and Forget. The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage. Check it out at Amazon.com or SheddingShackles.com. Do you understand that a very limited world has been put forth for you, but you fell into it and you didn't know any better and you became hypnotized by it. You became subject to that group think, to that dynamics. And so you began to do what they said. Well, either, remember I said, somebody comes up to you and they say, you can either do this or you can do that. See, don't fall into that trap. Just stand back and watch. See, and wait. And move in your own time and place. And become a Stephen Jobs. Or a Mozart. Or a Madame Curie. Do you see? Now, what was I going to say? Oh yes, I was going to say, they say, well, you either have to go to school and get a degree. Or you'll become a bum. See, you have to do one or the other. You have to get good grades or you're no good. You have to please mommy and daddy or you're no good. You have to act like your brother or you're no good. See, you have to do what they say or you're no good. Do you understand now these artificial distinctions? It says somewhere in the Bible that God is not a respecter of persons, something like that. And what they mean is that you know, just because you wear nicer clothes than 
somebody else that doesn't mean anything to him. That's why, you know, you can go to the worst part of town and find someone lay, lying in the gutter. And that person could potentially be a child of God. The only reason he's there is because undoubtedly when he was a little kid, he saw the hypocrisy. He saw the phoniness. He saw the cruelty. And he hated it. That was his mistake. He hated it. And they saw him looking at them. And so they hated him. And they put his lights out. See, they said, well, you either do what we want and please us or you're a no good bum. Well, he heard that. He believed it. He internalized it. But now, if he could find, if he could learn the little meditation that I have, if he could sit still, become quiet, and refine that inner ground of good, instead of being lost in a squirrel cage of thoughts, the thoughts of past failures, the thoughts of millions upon millions of traumas, the outside rushing in, it's always the outside coming in. If he could just separate from it and refine his inner ground, something like when he was a little child, then he could begin to grow from that. He could see what they're up to, but now not hate them. Realize that it was done to them. They're victims too. So forgive. That's the answer. Forgive. Let it go. Stand back. Meditate. And begin to refine your way. Become like a tourist in this world. Observing things. Marveling but not hating. And life will be sweet in God's beautiful kingdom. So, may I recommend that you get the little meditation that will teach you how to become still and get a little separation from those thoughts that now pull you into them and those emotions that pull you into them. When you stand back, you're free to realize. You're free to understand. And you're free to be patient. And when you're lost in your emotions and your thoughts, you're not free. You are compulsive. And you move with impatience or anger or resentment. Stand back. And you will discover a whole new way of living. And you will also discover something else. Not because I say so, but because that's the way it will be. You'll discover God's gracious forgiveness and his kindness. And life becomes sweet. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Shedding Shackles with your host, Roland Trujillo. Now you can listen to Roland anytime by logging on to www.sheddingshackles.com. You'll find lots of free, helpful information, and you can also order materials or make a donation by using your credit card. Once again, the web address is sheddingshackles.com. Please remember that Shedding Shackles is listener-supported. Thank you.